Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and we're a day late again. My fault. Uh, busy schedule this time of year. And, uh, well, this guy's pretty busy too. Stu Kedwell, uh, co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management. So once again, it's uh, Stu's days instead of Stu's days. But Stu, welcome. And uh, sorry, to, sorry to keep messing your schedule up. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. We've, we've done this so often. We may have to make it Wednesdays. I, I know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, it, it, it's all on me. So I apologize to all the listeners. Certainly apologize to, uh, to, to the expert here. Uh, but enough apologies and let's get into something that, uh, that, that'll uh, at least reward people for their patience. And you, you've, I've heard you talk uh, a, a little bit recently and you hear lots of talk in, in, in the financial media about growth versus value. And, you know, value certainly struggled relative to growth. But you, you look at the, the value area itself as, as not just one big monolith of value stocks. You can break that value, uh, those value stocks into, into, into two or three different buckets. What, could, could you explain that to, uh, to the people listening? It's a very good question. And, and uh, people look at the charts. And if you, if you had the performance of a group of value stocks and a group of growth stocks on a chart, it looks like you know, the rivers never converge. Um, you know, one goes upwards to the right and the other one, unfortunately, has gone downwards to the right. Uh, you know, when you when you think about a value stocks, you know, there are some stocks that have, you know, that get lumped into that bucket and they have, you know, serious flaws with their business model. And, um, and you know, we do a pretty good job at, at removing those. Um, and you can tell when a business has a serious flaw, if its return on capital declines through time. That means that the existing business is not generating enough cash flow and any money they put to work in it gets less and less return. So that one we can screen out reasonably quickly. The other baskets of value, there's kind of three things that we think will unlock those stocks over time. There's one group like the financial companies that are highly dependent on uh, the interest rate environment bottoming and then hopefully rising a little bit. There's another group that's very dependent on stimulus because they have quite good business models, but people are uncertain uh, until we get to a vaccine, will consumers have enough money to you know, pay all the bills and what have you? And then there's the third group of value stocks that need a vaccine. That's, the, that's kind of what unlocks those. So when we think about those uh, three businesses, we think in each case, in the fullness of time, there's gonna be opportunity in each of those. The good thing about the value situation is you start with fairly low expectations. And the second thing is, is that when recovery takes place and it not, you know, we'd obviously we'd rather see it sooner rather than later, but it's kind of a, an option that doesn't expire because we do know that recovery will eventually take place. So when interest rates start to bottom and eventually increase, it'll be very good for uh, many of the financial businesses that we own. When we get uh, additional stimulus, it'll help shore up the balance sheets and make sure that the businesses in that group are going to make it through. And then the vaccine group is a little bit more tricky because those might be things like airlines and, and other hotels and things like that. And uh, there'll be a cadence to how that those businesses recover even post-vaccine. Uh, you know, my own view is that like a lot of personal travel would bounce back quite quickly. Uh, you know, I look at my family and they would be itching to go have a weekend in a hotel somewhere. But some business travel and things like this, it's possible that some habits have changed and that could take a little bit longer. 
But in each of the cases, uh, you know, you can look at on the horizon and say, you know, some people think a vaccine, you know, maybe in the first half of 2021, you can look out and say, you know, 12 to 18 months from now, each of those baskets of stocks probably has a little bit more room for improvement over time. You know, that doesn't mean that the growth stocks are then destined for a major fall. Uh, many of them are very good businesses, but there are some where they have extremely high expectations married with very high valuation. And that can be a little bit tougher on a, uh, on a security. And we've kind of gone through the portfolio and looked for those on a case-by-case basis. Well, Stu, I, I, I can tell you that uh, my, my, my wife is looking forward to the return of uh, business travel to normal because I've, I've been at home uh, way too much from her perspective. So, and that, that could be more common across the, uh, the, the broader economy than, uh, than some people think. But I think what's interesting about what you're talking about uh, and, and, and I think what investors can learn from it is that you've done this assessment. You, you, you've put a plan together. You're prepared. You understand what's going to drive these different segments of, of, of value stocks. You know what to look for. And, and again, you've almost got a plan for how you might play through those different stocks. Is that, is that a good way of describing it? 100%. Uh, you know, you would, you would know from our discussions and our prior podcasts that we're all about planning and trying to envision a whole variety of scenarios in advance. So we have a mental playbook in our head about how this could unfold. And, uh, you know, those three baskets are, are kind of a central part to that playbook at this juncture. And, and, and that's not just for, uh, for a professional investment manager like you, Stu, for, for, for any investor. And this doesn't mean that you're doing like Stu would be and his team who are, you know, in, 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 in many senses working, you know, 24 seven, uh, analyzing opportunities, or at least the, 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 the broader team, uh, that, that Stu works with, but, but it, it's, it's putting in a little bit of time. And, and, and perhaps even with an advisor that's helping you sort of lay out where the opportunities are, are going to come from an investment perspective and what are those key points in your life uh, that could change or alter your investment decisions. And so, so that little bit of planning and preparation, what we're trying to do with this podcast is give you those insights into what professional investors do, the way they think about a, a, a process to being successful and, and give you some ideas of, of, of how you can employ that in your own life, the way that you invest, whether you're very hands-on or more hands-off. So Stu, that was, uh, that, that's, uh, again, just fantastic. Uh, uh, look deep, deep, deep into your mind as a professional investor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, and, uh, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Okay. Thanks again for having me, Dave.